Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, (laughs) you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches also, and after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong target. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more worthy goal. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it to myself. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path. Today I'm chatting about a post that was shared this week. It's called um, Faceplant Friends. Zach and I both love walking outside. When we're together, he rides in his stroller and I push him. We can go for miles, looking at nature, talking about the trees, and listening to his Spotify playlist that ranges from artists like Ludacris (laughs) to Bill Withers and Rafi, i.e. Baby Beluga, for Curious Minds. When very little, I pushed Zach in the running stroller and listened to my own playlist which is and was about as diverse as Zach's, give or take a few quote-unquote yoga piano and other meditative selections. My ability to walk and push Zach along has brought much peace and tranquility to both of us over the last 23 years. But the walks are not always peaceful and tranquil. There are so many factors that can trump the experience of a great walk, such as too much heat, bugs and getting stung, are just plain face planting like Zach did after this one walk a couple years ago. This is not a common factor, mercifully. But one lovely summer evening, several years ago, Zach tried the face plant. After a long walk, Zach and I returned up his steep driveway, hot and tired. As I entered the garage code to open the door, Zach, in his impatience and urgent determination, inspired him to get out of his stroller without my help. It was just a split second. And I now know, in parentheses, how to keep a hand on his shoulder at all times. But as I was entering the numbers on this day, Zach stepped one foot onto the ground out of his stroller and subsequently face-planted into the brick decor which covers his house. We went from peace to panic as I saw him look up Face, lips, gums, teeth, all covered with blood. As was the case sometimes, Zach's dad was traveling. As the garage door opened, at the same time, I realized Zach face-planted into the side of the garage. I stopped breathing, and my mind raced. Did Zach knock his teeth out? There was so much blood. I couldn't adequately adequately assess his injuries. Did he knock part of his face off? Did we need to go to the emergency room? Would he need surgery? I wish his father was here, I thought, frustrated. 
And just then, knowing that Ernest was in another state and I needed to act quickly, I auto-dialed my neighbor, who was literally by my side from across the street in a matter of seconds. No questions asked, just immediate help from a friend who knows better than anyone how to plug into a crisis moment. Once my quote-unquote faceplant friend arrived, she helped me get Zach into the house, calm him down, and get him clean. There was a lot of blood from his gums and lips, but teeth and tongue seemed to be intact. There is so much vascularity in our mouths, the blood made it seem possibly worse than it actually was. Not to say it wasn't very traumatic for all of us, because it was, but with my friend's help, calm demeanor, and presence, we were able to care for him and avoid a big emergency room trip. Faceplant friends are rare (laughs) and invaluable. They're the ones we call when we're in trouble. They're the people that drop everything when we do call. They don't judge or narrate, they just plug in. They help stabilize crisis situations. They are the extra set of our own eyes and hands that gives us supernatural powers to get through something awful. Having a faceplant friend is a true gift and a luxury. They are hard to come by. The best way to grow a friendship with someone like this, i.e. non-judgmental, present, calm, and powerful, is to, in capitals, B-E-B, one of those friends. Since most of us won't ask for help, which is another chat altogether, unless the shit really hits the fan, when we do receive that call from someone to help, we want to act briskly, without asking questions, without stating the obvious, and without overreacting. Because the person calling for help is usually moving slowly, narrating to themselves, think, quote, I am a terrible mom. How did I let this happen? I'm the worst person ever, exclamation point unquote, and is possibly overreacting to the situation. When we get the call to be a faceplant friend for someone else, we show up and get to work. It doesn't happen often, thankfully. But if we want friends like these, we first need to be friends like these. One of the challenges in being the parent of a special needs child is that in addition to all the fun adventures we find ourselves in, secondary to seeking medical care, like untreated unplanned trips to children's hospital. There are also just these typical accidents in situations that stink, but happen to everyone. Maybe I thought because Zach had a feeding tube or endured multiple leg surgeries, we'd paid our dues in terms of stressful kid stuff. But nope, we had to learn to get through those too. The best friend I can be is one who can show up move appropriately, and help make decisions. Since the caller, and in my example it was me, is already swimming in terror and drowning from self-criticism, the most powerful way we can show up is to do just that, show up, quickly, without judgment. Do for that person what they cannot do for themselves in that moment of panic. In fact, showing up in friendships in real time, without judgment, but with intense presence, either actually being there in person or actually truly actively listening when the call comes, may be the most important facet of being a friend. After all, good time Charlies are a dime a dozen, and we all like to enjoy ourselves. 
But the true friendship pool becomes smaller and tighter if we want to use these criteria to define friendship. Let's be this type of friend. Let's drop everything when we learn our friend is hurting. Whether the pain is from a a child face planting into a brick house or from burying a child whose body failed, we can respond with the same attentiveness and care every time. Presence, quote unquote, is the true gift we can give and receive, not only in moments of joy, but in moments of crisis and the aftermath that follows. Let's give generously and look for a way to be present to someone today. Hopefully, it's not a face plant, but whatever it is, we want to answer the call. And in doing so, we not only lend support to others, but we build up our own reservoir of capable, loving hands for when we need them. And make no mistake, we will need them. So thank you for checking out this episode of The Healing Path. Um, I wanted to just share this experience because, of course, like everything, it relates back to grief. And again, it's like so often um, we can't identify when we're in um, maybe necessarily our own crisis and, you know, just making the phone call to that right person um, can really shift the trajectory of whatever it is that we're experiencing. For example, um, if I'm having a crappy experience, maybe it's from grief or maybe I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that low, slow malaise that comes over me at certain times um, that through years of meditation, I've learned to welcome and offer a seat rather than try to brace against it. But either way, it can get, you know, sludgy. It can get really heavy. And the more that that happens, the more I can get into kind of a spiral of negative feelings. And if I just call, you know, one of a handful of just folks that know me so well, and they've been by my side through everything um, with our kids, it really can change the trajectory of that, you know, tailspin of negative energy that I can find myself in. So I think I mentioned it would be a bigger chat to talk about asking when we need help. Um, And I think it is, but at least from a grief perspective, let's just try to make that leap. When we feel ourselves spiraling down, we need a, like an emergency go-to list of numbers. Like we used to have for babysitters as if we really had any babysitters, but anyway, um, maybe you did, but we want to have a little bit of a first aid kit available for when we're feeling this way. And certainly a true friend, someone that can really listen attentively and or show up uh, physically is just, it's such a gift. And absolutely, we need to be that person for others in order to have that support available to us when we need it. But yeah, it can really help to connect. And in this case, man, I felt so alone and I felt so bad about um Zach getting hurt, I fully, completely, and wholly blamed myself, was sure that I was the worst mother in the world. And I still felt that way after the fact because he really did hurt himself. But at least I didn't have to sit there by myself, which I actually have also done in panic and crisis moments. And it's just a lot easier and a lot, a much easier way to go to have somebody either by your side or even on the phone. And then there are other things we can put in this first aid kit for ourselves. Um, 
good nutrition is one, sleep is one. Uh, another one is just having having a go-to book or quotes or something around. I, I am a you know big appreciator of nature, as you know, but I keep orchids and I keep lilies in my home because I want to remind myself of the beauty of our nature, you know, when we're not out um, meditating or walking or whatever. So I like to keep those visual reminders. But another really good um, item to keep handy if you find yourself, you know, doing a little bit of spiraling in your grief or otherwise, is just something to read. Something even, it could be an audiobook. It could be um, just, you know, a book of quotes. I have a beautiful book that was gifted to me by my mom, which is International um, Women. And it's just page after page of celebrating women and our many different um, paths and just cultures and the way that we decorate our bodies and the way that we um, interact with one another. It's really quite beautiful. So that's something that I would go to if I was feeling a little off. And it might not, you know, might not relieve my pain that moment. But the more we have these little things around that we can do, these little, they're just really little rituals um, to help us get back into the current that's not too judgmental, but also that's not too depressed and find our flow. So I hope this was helpful. Um, I, I think everybody should have at least one face plant friend. And if you're finding that you don't have one, um, reach out to me directly. I would love to be on call for you um, just to make sure that you have someone that you can call in an emergency. So thanks for tuning in. And until next time, let's do our best to stay present, to stay grateful, and to stay healing. And as always, I sincerely thank you for listening.